This month, Friday, April 1st, just baseball show. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple, Aram Layton. Big episode today. We are projecting the highest ERA for relievers. A uh, lot of good names that we're going to get to. Uh, Aram, I, I know you have a, a certain Seattle Mariner in mind. I was thinking Nicky Janis with the Baltimore Orioles. If he is still with the Baltimore Orioles, do we know? How about another Oriole? Cesar Valdez? Yeah, Aram, that, that's Jack. a good one. Remember all these different times where I'm saying you got to take these overs. You got to live bet against the Orioles once they get into their bullpen. Their bullpen as a whole finished with a 5.83 ERA last year. Every single time it got into the later innings, the Orioles would lose. That's a good bet right there. Yeah. Just, if the Orioles are winning. Justice Sheffield is one I think gets blown up. Uh, yeah. Did you see what the Nationals did to poor Cade Cavalli? Oh, God, Speaking of, of, of bullpen ERAs, I know he's not going to be a reliever, most likely. You're hoping he's not. But why would you leave your top prospect in a game in spring training to get shellacked for 10 earned runs and like 14 hits in two innings? Like, why top wouldn't pitching you pull prospect him out? for the Nationals. Yeah. And they literally just said, go out there and suffer. Baptized in fire. Just to, to just go out there and get shelled. But like, that's not even a fun baptism. No, that's fire's not fun. Have the Nationals done that in the past to their top prospects, or is this completely out of the blue? I don't know, um, but it's pretty weird. <laughs> like, I think it's weird to just leave him out there under like, and now his next start, I think, is to start the season, to start Triple A. Uh, I assume that's where he's going to start the year. And it's like, okay, your last start, you gave up ten earned runs in two innings, and now you're going to go out there and flip the switch and start apparently all of the reporters like dragging their feet, walking over to him in the locker room. And he's like, you don't need to act like it's a Morgan here. Like I, I I'm okay. But apparently like, that's how like weird the vibe was in the locker room after. How many times are we going to talk about the nationals this year? Hopefully a lot. When they extend Soto. Um, and when they trade Nelson Cruz. Okay. Stop talking about the nationals. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the top three or the top 10 third baseman in baseball. Um, this is like the, the position, I mean, you think a shortstop, right? That's the sexy position, but the, the typical sexy positions, you know, center field. Yeah. I don't know. Like a third base is kind of the gold standard in baseball. It is so deep and it might be deeper than anybody else. And it's also it's shortstop maybe, but it's also so polarizing, right? There's certain guys who are coming off down years, certain guys who are coming off injuries. Like where do you rank Anthony Rendon? Where do you rank a guy like Alex Bregman? Just phenomenal than back to below average. It's, it's difficult to piece all these guys together. And it's funny, even going back to last year, I think our top 10 third baseman that we put out in 2021 is still one of our most listened to episodes because the third base position is just so 
menacing. It's all about the numbers, baby. Yeah. All about the numbers. I always talk about from like a prospect standpoint too, right? When you're looking at guys in whether like if it's a shortstop that has to potentially move to third, like can the bat profile there too, right? Because if you're a 280 hitter that hits 15 home runs, unless you're playing gold glove defense, third base isn't really the spot for you because that's become like you guys are saying such a premium offensive position. I mean, almost everybody that plays third base is hitting 25 plus jacks. Like it's actually crazy. Even Ryan McMahon hit 23 homers. I know it's a course, but that's your 15th most home runs at the position was Ryan McMahon with 23. So it's just a loaded offensive spot, but defense also matters uh, a, a pretty good deal at the hot corner. So it's, it's a good balance. Well, you could also argue that the best defenders in the world play third base. You know, I'd say the overall baseline of defensive ability, shortstop reigns supreme there. But in, if you look at the top, like if you look at the top five defensive shortstops compared to the top five defensive third baseman, I think I might take the top five defensive third baseman just in terms of overall ability, because chances are they have a stronger arm and their reaction time is so quick. They make some of the craziest fucking plays I've ever seen. You could make the argument that four of the third baseman in our top 10 and then our honorable mentions could be top five overall fielders in the sport. So I feel like in our rankings too, you're going to see reflected that we value defense just a little bit higher to separate between all of these great bats. So the guys who are absolutely the best at defense get a little bit of bump in these rankings. And those four I was talking about, like Nolan Arenado, Matt Chapman, Cabrian Hayes, and Manny Machado, they're all some of the best defenders in the entire sport, all four of them. Well, who else would you throw in there? Correa? Buxton. Okay. Who else? Arm, what about you? Jose Iglesias with <laughs> no. that one bare hand play that, that one time. Yeah. The 2009 Andrelton Simmons. Who else? Yeah. Um, shortstop wise. It's interesting. Cause I always think about this too. Like what is, what does Nolan Arenado do at shortstop? Like in his prime, what kind of shortstop defender would he be? I, I, I wonder, I think he'd be good. Would he be as good as some of the best defensive shortstops in the game? That's where it gets interesting. Reaction time, though, is an entirely different beast with how hard the, the balls are that guys are hitting nowadays and you're only about maybe 100 feet away. I, it's, it's a different level of reaction time that I think is pretty awesome. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Who's the best defensive shortstop outside of the couple guys we said? I mean, it's, it's kind of – it's Lopez. become more of an offensive position, honestly. Nicky Lopez, Nick Ahmed, Kevin Nicky Newman. Lopez. Nicky Lopez guys. might be the GOAT. But be. we even saw like a guy like Manny Machado – play third base and play shortstop. And if you look at his defensive numbers, if you just, if you watched him play shortstop, he looked at least average over there with the possibility of being above average. And Eugenio Suarez did it great too. Yeah. yeah he, he, he was but phenomenal. He's not on this list. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? But I mean, Machado was actually a legitimate shortstop. I, there are, there are some guys that can make the transition a bit more seamlessly than Arenado, but that is a good question. What would Nolan Arenado at the peak of his powers look like at short, but uh, we're talking about third baseman. It's a pretty top heavy p- position too. Like, you know, we quickly got 14 names and then we were on the hunt for not- names like 15, 16, 17, 18. So our five honorable mentions, we feel very strongly about five of them. And then we took a flyer on, on one of them. Um, and that was that. And arms got the honorable mentions. Yeah. Well, you know, Josh Donaldson, like, which way do we want to go? 
Which way do we want to go? What direction? Do we want to go five to one or one to five? We don't rank the honorable mentions. Just rip them in any particular order. Welcome to the show. Good to know that you're listening. <laughs> oh, I don't listen. Um, oh, good. But, well, I've never, you guys never include me on the top, on the top tens. This is a, this is a first appearance for me. Uh, I would say Josh Donaldson was probably up there as like one of the guys that I felt like I wanted to make the case for him because I feel like he's underrated in regards to what he's still able to do on the offensive side and de- defensive side of things, but still just comes up a little bit short. I, I think Donaldson's going to explode this year, but the thing with, with what we were talking about, not explode, but at least relatively explode. But the thing that we talked about with somebody like Donaldson is that he doesn't quite have that electrifying ability anymore but still last year 247 352 475 a 124 wrc plus with 26 home runs and above average defense like that's a guy that is going to help the yankees a lot and the power is going to play up there too and you'd think that he strikes out all the time he does not strike out all the time it's like a 21 percent k rate uh what i will ding donaldson on is he looks fucking weird with no facial hair and no like long hair i mean he actually looks bizarre in that Yankee headshot yeah that's the only thing you can really ding him on because he's still a good defender and he's hitting the ball harder than most people in the entire league he's in the 90th plus percentiles in basically every hard hit rate max exit velocity average exit velocity you name it and he's a good defender still over at third it's just the injury thing but he did play 135 games last year the calf thing has always been the problem or at least it's been the problem most recently but I do think next year that if we if the Yankees get more than 130 games from him, it's a plus because in those 130 games, he's going to rake. And that's exactly the thing. The thing I like about Donaldson, too, he's a big lift guy. He's going to hit the ball in the air, and I think that's going to translate a lot more in Yankee Stadium. Uh, another guy that hits the ball in, in the air, auto line drives, that I, I think if he played anywhere else, he would be a 30-plus home run guy but still could be 20 to 25. I know this is someone you're really betting on, Peter. And this is what I like about the honorable mentions section is a lot of these guys are on the cusp. Uh, Not Donaldson as much, but some of the other guys we're going to get to are on the cusp. Heimer Candelario is right there on the cusp of being a top 10 third baseman if the position wasn't so loaded or if he didn't just quite have that that next step up. But last year, 271, 351, 443. It's a 119 WRC plus, 16 home runs. And the guy just hits a ton of doubles because of the big ballpark. 42 doubles last season. And now that lineup is going to be a bit better this year with some youngsters that can swing it and also Javi Baez. I'm excited for Candelario. He also plays some decent defense as well. He's a well-rounded third baseman that I really think doesn't get enough love. But now that more eyes are going to be on that ball club, I think he start will start to get some more love. Yeah, he's been in obscurity for a little bit, right? Because Candelario was the guy that was coming up with the Cubs and he didn't have a spot because Chris Bryant was the third baseman and Javi Baez was the shortstop. And then he gets dealt over to Detroit in the Castellanos deal. And Candelario has the chance to, you know, play pretty much every day. And then what happens? The Tigers win like 50 games in 2019. Just brutal. You were on the worst team in baseball, Heimer Candelario. And then he got a lot better. 2020, he had a decent year. 2021, he had a good year. What's 2022 going to look like? Is it going to be a good year again? Is it going to be a great year? Because if it is a great year, you're right. He's probably in the top 10. He hits, I, the reason I like him so much is because he hits so many freaking line drives. That's what leads to all the doubles and just a few tweaks with his swing. Like if he can improve his launch angle just a little bit. I mean, this is a guy with 25 plus home run power in one of the biggest ballparks in, in the league. 
I've always just been a big fan of Candelario. I like his left-handed swing. I think he's just all around a pretty solid player. He's not the greatest defender either, but just a few tweaks here and there, and he could really explode. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him offensively. The, the hit tool is finally starting to, to make itself apparent as a prospect. He was a guy that, that was viewed as a hit first guy. Now we're seeing the power trickle in more. I don't know how much you want to compromise who you are as a player, though. Right. Like what if lifting doesn't quite play in that ballpark and now he's flying out to the track and now he's like Castellanos, for example, honestly, he was a guy that just got kind of bled to death out there. So I really like the just spray the ball over the field doubles. He walked as much as he has in recent years and the strikeout rate was the lowest it ever was. So very excited about what Candelario is going to continue to do over there with Detroit and another big building piece for them for the future with some years of control. Uh, Another guy that now has years of control because they, extended him to a deal that Peter and I talked about was a six year, 70 million Ryan McMahon uh, glove first, one the, the, the rare glove first guy in this infield uh, at the third base position. How do we feel about Ryan McMahon? He's so freaking good defensively, uh, but he is an average ish hitter at the position at Coors field. I like Ryan McMahon. I really like him because he is an incredibly talented glove. He's always going to have a spot in the middle of a big league order, whether that's in Colorado or if they decide to trade him and and start penny pinching, even though they don't want to do that whatsoever. Like I have no idea what direction the Colorado Rockies are going in, but whatever it is, Ryan McMahon's going to be fine, whether it's in Denver or elsewhere. Will 25 home runs tick down to 18 elsewhere? Probably, but I think the bat is good enough to survive. And I think that he as a defender is top flight. Oh, he's unbelievable. 13 defensive runs saved in 840 innings at at third base. And then another nine defensive runs saved in about 368 innings at second base. So uh, overall, one of the best defensive infielders we've seen. That's a guy that I think could probably make it work at shortstop. If we're talking about dudes that could survive at that spot. Uh, He's so elite defensively that you don't worry as much about the bat, but I want to see the bat continue to tick up because this is a guy that did have his best offensive season. And I think that's what the Rockies are really betting on is him continuing to develop offensively and get more comfortable hitting out there at altitude. It was his best season. If you look at WRC plus 95 was his best 23 home runs was one short of his career high in 2019, but his strikeout rate was at a career low. He drove in the most runs he's ever driven and it was his highest batting average and on base percentage. So things are heading in the right direction for Ryan McMahon. Before we move off of Ryan McMahon, uh, our buddies at eBay, I feel like have a good deal on Ryan McMahon. Oh, right his now. cards are probably going for free. Uh, I'm looking at this 2013 Bowman Draft Chrome Prospect Refractor. I don't know what that means. That means it's I... out of out of 499. Okay, out of 499, Ryan McMahon autographed uh, nine and a half gem mint, uh, eighty two dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's like is that something like, you should go now. get? Yeah. You're telling me to go buy a defensive guy right now? I don't know, but like a defensive guy that plays at Coors that hit that, 21 jacks last year. That That is a really cheap card. But who's yeah. collecting Ryan? Who, who's going to be out there and be like, I collect Ryan McMahon? I, maybe you can. Maybe it's just like how much, how much is that card even going to go up as well? Is he going to get even better? That's the thing is, is with Ryan McMahon, he's a guy who's like his expected stats are always worse than his, than his original counting numbers. I'm not saying he can't. 
Yeah, he's just he's an outperformer in the end, like even his outperformance is a 780 OPS. He's still got to make this list because of his defensive prowess. But oh, just as a bat, I don't think that he's going to get any better than what we've seen. And what we've seen is OK. Yeah. Well, of course. My At my course. Rockies are gonna go to the moon this year, and Ryan McMahon's gonna be that's one of the thing. guys spearheading. That's the thing. That. That's the thing. Is but eighty dollars? I've never seen eighty dollars for a gem mint refractor though, for any Bowman autograph card. But when the Rockies are in the World Series, I think the value will naturally go up. Uh, mm-hmm. But we're talking about defensive prowess, and we can kind of continue on that trend here. Cabrian Hayes. Cabrian Hayes is a guy that I would bet my life. Talk about cards I am scooping up. I mentioned him as a guy that I was scooping up his cards. But in terms of just a, a player whose stock is going to continue to rise, Cabrian Hayes was banged up last year. A wrist injury kind of sapped his season. Even when he came back, he just wasn't uh, quite the same. 88 WRC plus, but still put up a 1.5 F war because of how elite he is defensively at third. I think once Chapman phases out, it's going to be Cabrian Hayes, who is the best defender in baseball at that position. We've already seen how special he is defensively. Don't forget what he did in 2020 in 24 games, hitting 376, 442, 682. That was almost a 200 WRC plus. I know it's a small sample size, but 96 games is also a small sample size for his 257, 316, 373 slash line. He's a guy that can steal bases. He can hit for power and he gets on base at a pretty decent clip and the defense is elite. I think Brian Hayes is going to be a top five third baseman in the game very soon. More fun words for you. 2015 Bowman Chrome draft Cabrian Hayes refractor prospect auto PSA 10. <laughs> That's so much shit, uh, but it's $86 right now on eBay. Uh, I'll buy those right now. <laughs> Go get them. Arm, you really think top five for Cabrian Hayes? I think 16 defensive runs saved last year in 766 innings. I know. And you, it must be, I assume that you see the bat just improving at lengths because when you look at the top 10, like where is he going to slide in? Because all of these guys have at least the same, if not more defensive prowess over their careers. Plus the bats are unreal. Like which third baseman in this top 10 list do you think his bat compares closest to? <sighs> That's a great question, actually. Yeah, um, which does his bat compare to? Like, do you when when you think of Cabrian Hayes at the plate, like what's a realistic slash line that you see him putting up in his prime years? Okay, I've got the answer for you, Moncada. Right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and a much better defender than Moncada. But Moncada's a still def- a great defender. Moncada is a fantastic defender. I think he'd be even better than that. And, and I think there's a little bit more power. I, I think if Cabrian puts it all together, he can hit 25 home runs. He's going to hit a lot of doubles, but he brings speed to the table too a little bit that, you know, we, we finally saw him get more comfortable swiping bags this past season. He was a guy that always swiped a ton in the minor leagues, but he didn't do it in his debut that much in those 24 games. But then this past season in 96 games, he swiped nine bags. So he brings a little bit more on the base paths. The defense, as we know, is, is top, top notch. I just, I believe that he's going to hit for a bit more average uh, th- than I think people might think. I think he's a 280 guy with 25 homers, a, a good amount of doubles. He'll sprinkle in 15 to 20 bags and play elite defense. Like that's got to be in the top six, seven range, especially as Justin Turner phases out, uh, you know, especially as, Rendon maybe slows down in a couple years. Like that's, that's what I'm looking at. I really could see him going up there. And I think he's going to leapfrog Bregman by the end of this year. I'm in. I don't know if I'm in yet, but I don't hate it either. The last guy is another guy that, you know, he's, he's not really trending 
up in in any regard, really. But I think he's in a good spot where he's going to have a pretty good role. And he's not really a traditional third baseman, but Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar, low-key hit 28 pumps last year. Uh, Three-war guy, F-war guy, uh, 253, 314, 472 slash line. He's not going to walk much. He's not going to hit for that high of an average, but he's going to hit you home runs uh, from – both sides of the or from both sides of the plate and he's gonna be able to play all over the infield that doesn't really help you in the third base rankings though and and that's kind of what kept him out of it in my opinion he's a good defender he's not a great defender versatility is more of the value to his defense rather than being elite at any one particular spot how do we feel about Eduardo Escobar he's a guy I like to have on my team but if I'm ranking him as a third baseman he he's probably the last guy the last ranked guy on this entire honorable mention list in my opinion Eduardo Escobar is a really good third baseman but he's mostly going to split time with JD Davis most likely but I just think he's a better overall player than JD Davis and why I like Eduardo Escobar as well as you can throw him at second as well he's a pretty just versatile good player but I agree with you Arm he'd be last probably on this honorable mentions list and projecting for 2022 he makes it just because of his pedigree but I think there's the argument there. Like, will he actually be top 15 at the end of the year? He he feels like the type of guy where your vocal pitch goes up and you're like, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. And that's about it. He's not like, oh, Eduardo Escobar is sick. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, like, he's that would be right. a nice pickup. Yeah. He's all right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a good pickup for the Mets. But to, to Peter's point, too, like, I, not that excited about somebody like him, you know, like being a top third baseman in the game but when you hit 28 home runs you got to be considered in here but I agree I think he's probably candidate number one to get bounced from the top 15 uh, by the time we get into it uh, probably by midway next season because I think there's going to be so many emerging players at that position in in the very near future as well right and who can he get bounced by he can get bounced by Bohm if Bohm bounces back I would have said Josh Young of course if if unfortunately he did not get hurt um, you're going to laugh, but now maybe Bryson Stott. I, I just tweeted something before we, we started this, and I was saying I was watching the Phillies game, and I realized it's, it's like, wait a second. Bryson Stott's playing third. DD's playing short. It might be a competition at this point between DD Gregorius and Alec Bohm for that infield spot, and Bryson Stott would play third. So if, if they send Alec Bohm down because he stinks, then DD plays short, and Alec Bohm would be in the minors, and Bryson Stott plays third. At that point, then Bryson Stott's a candidate, I guess, at third base uh, to, to take them up to another level. The thing is, is Bryson Stott's a better defender at third than Alec Bohm is. So if the bat's better, it's interesting. Um, but that would be a guy that all of a sudden we'd have to shuffle things around. Stott's swinging it, and now he's the top 15 third baseman, which I think could happen. Not to mention Bobby Witt Jr. If he plays third base instead oh, of yeah, shortstop, yeah, like yeah. Bobby Witt may even <laughs> may even be better than Bryson Stott. I mean, I assume he will be better than Bryson yeah. Stott. Like there's there's a lot of exciting young third base prospects. And even just going back to Eduardo Escobar with the Mets, like even a guy like Mark Vientos who's coming up. I mean, he's yep. probably not going to be in the top 15 conversation like very soon, but he will be in the next couple of years. Like there's yeah. a lot of really exciting. I mean, if Torque still played third, but he's mostly going to play first. But there's some excitement. Torque could Torque could stand there with his with his feet flat and his legs open and just let the balls roll under his legs every single time. And with how good I think his bat's going to be, he'd still be a top 15 third baseman. Like, Isn't that what Rafi Devers does anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. And he's high on our list because that bat is that. It's that that's good. the thing. That's the thing. That's how good of a hitter he is. 
<laughs> Rafi Devers sucks defensively. Let's get that out of the way right now before we get into the top 10. Well, Torque low-key, like, that's similar offensive profile. A shit ton of doubles, high batting average, not as many walks as you'd like to see, and, and plenty of home runs. Not, so not Rob- a bad comp. We're going to get into Rafi Devers. He had negative 13 defensive runs saved last year and negative 13 outs above average. It's pretty good. That is, that's as bad as it gets. It was last in each, in each category for the entire position. Not good. That's so much better than negative 16 though. Yeah, it is. Are, are we and about to be Red Sox 20. haters again on this? Cause I, I will say we, we had, a, we, I think we just, we just dipped back down to 4.9 stars. I saw uh, when I went to go hyperlink an episode, um, which means someone came in under five it's okay it happens you know it keeps us honest um but i think if we if we red Sox slander we might go down to 3.9 if the just baseball show was an uber passenger would they be the ones that spark conversations or just kind of sit there in silence and smile i don't know still pretty fire yeah spark conversations for sure conversations but like good ones though don't some drivers not enjoy conversating if i was a driver i wouldn't enjoy conversating no me neither you conversate for a living. You know, no, that doesn't really like doing it with other people. Correct. Uh, no, I, I, it depends on the setting. But if I'm working and I'm driving for eight hours, I'm just going to be like, it depends. It depends on my mood. One thing I will say, though, I don't know if this just only happens to me, but do you every time I get in an Uber or a taxi or whatever, they're always on the phone, but like not really even talking. It's just you can like hear the wrestling on the other side of the phone. And you can just say like they're conversing like in the background a little bit. I think it's just like a 10 hour phone call with like somebody, maybe another driver. They're just like hanging out. Have you noticed that? Has that ever happened to you? So being on many buses, like going all over the the great Maction land, um, they are constantly on like a headpiece and they're talking to other bus drivers, just like keeping each other company while they drive. I I don't blame them. Actually, very nice. It's very nice to know that they're all hanging out. Let's talk about the 10th best third baseman. Alex Bregman checks in at number 10, and I'll be honest, I'm a bit worried about him. Since 2019, Bregman has really struggled against breaking balls in particular, but he used to crush them. Before 2019, he was hitting over 300, sitting back on everything, hitting pellets all over the field. But since 2020, he's hitting below 200 against breaking balls, and he's seen his production fall off during those years. Do I have to say what happened after that season? I'll let you use your imagination. But when he's on, he's simply one of the best all-around third basemen in the sport. He's still third in F4 and first in WRC Plus since 2019 at the position, and he's walked more than he struck out in that exact span. He is someone, though, that we'll be watching very closely next year. And if we're being honest, he's one of the toughest players to rank overall going into the season. Like Alex Bregman, even Arm, you said Cabrian Hayes might bounce Alex Bregman from the top 10. Like, why are you more out on him than maybe some other lists? Because like you see MLB Network's top 10 third baseman. You see a lot of top 10 third baseman lists, and he's still within the top five. I've seen him as high as number two on some lists. And at number 10, that may be jarring for some people. I just, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, he was great in 2019. Um, the last two years have been rough. And the, the breaking ball stuff is, is, is pretty evident. I mean, he, he's non-competitive against breaking balls at this point. Um, he's struggling with health too. Uh, I think he's a guy that could, could easily jump up a little bit, but I just don't know if he's going to get back to that 2018, 2019 version of himself because he went from absolutely dismantling curveballs uh, and, and then 
to now over the last two years where he's sub Mendoza line against him with, with no power. And it's just a pretty, you don't see that kind of, of shift very often. Um, and, and I'm always looking at that stuff and, and I don't see that very often, even in the minors, you don't really see that kind of shift for the bad very often. Here's the thing about playing at the deepest position in baseball. Uh, what are you doing there? You're... I was just banging on my cup for no particular reason at all. Got you. Um, yeah. We can talk about Brian Cashman in a few minutes too. Oh yeah. True. Um, the, the thing about playing at the deepest position in baseball is you don't have two years of time to be bought for you. Like the game can pass you by in two years. So Bregman, yeah, he was great in 2019, but what happened in 2020 and 2021, right? Like two years is enough time for you to drop from two to 10 shit passes you by baseball does not wait for anybody. And I guarantee you, there's going to be a kid drafted either this year or next year. If Brooks Lee's a third baseman, Brooks Lee is going to be like higher ceiling than Alex Bregman. You know what I mean? Baseball has just gotten better over the last two years, and you don't wait around for somebody who was good in 2019. He plays in Houston with the Crawford boxes, and the power is gone. Like he was a 30 home run guy, smacking 50 doubles, but just 14 home runs last year and almost no power in 2020 either. There is something happening with Alex Bregman, and I don't think it's just injury concerns, but I think 10 is an interesting spot to put him because it's not like we put him in the honorable mentions or didn't rank him at all. We still think he has the possibility of being a top 10 third baseman. Like, let's see him bounce back. We're not fully out on him, but we're definitely not fully in on a bounce back from Bregman either. I think that's where 10 makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say is whiff numbers are up. Um, which, which again is, is concerning. Like he's always been a guy that can hit fastballs. That's been steady, but listen to these batting averages by year uh, to wrap up on, on Bregman, uh, 2017, this is against breaking balls, 268 against breaking balls, 2018, 301 against breaking balls, 2019, 269 against breaking balls, but with 12 home runs. And then 2020, a buck 50 against breaking balls with one home run. And then 2021, 220 against breaking balls with four home runs uh, within a much higher whiff rate than the previous years. Just, just kind of weird. Yeah. hundred percent. Another guy that has to bounce back is number nine and it's Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman is the best defender on planet earth. He's won three gold gloves. He already has two platinum gloves to his name. His 2021 though was weird as hell. He was dealing with a hip thing. It limited his production to the point where it was the worst offensive season of his career. Some of the power numbers remained. He hit 27 bombs and he hit a couple of balls well over 110 miles an hour. But while he was great at taking walks and not chasing, this guy couldn't touch anything in the zone. His swing and miss numbers were borderline worst in baseball. With that being said, apparently Matt Chapman is healthy now. If Chapman can regain this 250 clip with 36 bombs and an 850 OPS like he had in 2019, on top of being the best defender on earth, Number nine is going to be criminal in like two months. It's all about if that power comes back because from 2018, 2019, and 2020, he slugged over 500. And last year it was 403. There was just a clear lack of power, had a lot to do with his injury history. Right. Well, that was because of the swing and miss. Like the power, yeah, 27 bombs with O.co as your, as your main ballpark. But I mean, this guy, like he couldn't touch shit. He was near the top of the strikeout numbers and the whiff rate numbers. Like it was brutal watching him swing and miss at center cut fastballs. 
And what, why I mentioned slugging percentage was, yes, he did have 27 homers, but the power in general was just not there. Like 15 doubles. In 2019, he had 36 doubles. In 2018, he had 42 doubles. So, yes, he had plenty go out of the ballpark, but in general, the power was just it was just a hundred points lower in slugging percentage. Just, that was just the reality of it. My, my one thing with, with Chapman too, though, is, is I'm really, really a, a, a staunch believer in the hip being a major issue here. Like we're, we're not seeing, we talk about the whiff and stuff like that. I, I, I don't see it being that bad. 2020, it spiked big time, but he was playing through the hip injury. And then literally it wasn't, there wasn't much time. It wasn't like, Oh, he's going to get another opinion. It was literally like, okay, He's going to go check this out. Boom. He's getting surgery. Like they, he was playing on a torn labrum like that. That was very evident. So 2020 to me out the window, 2021, he's it's his first season recovering from a torn labrum in his hip, which again, saps your swing so much. And he was bad in the beginning of the year and got better as the year went on and finished pretty strong. The whiff rate went down by about 4% and continued to go down as the year went on. I really think he's going to be totally fine. I think the hip is now finally fully healthy. And I think we're going to see a big, big difference. Here's the thing with Matt Chapman over Alex Bregman is if both of them are putting up a 780 OPS, I don't care that Bregman doesn't strike out. If they're both putting up 780 OPSs, which is roughly where in the range that they were, give me the guy that's one of the best defenders we've seen at, at the third base position in a long time outside of Nolan Arenado. You know, like the, it's those two. Those are the two guys. Give me that guy if we're going to get inconsistent offense any day of the week. Absolutely. He's the number, and the number eight guy on our rankings hasn't had a problem since 2014, and he hasn't stopped hitting since 2014. Justin Turner checks in at number eight on our top 10 third base list. He's got a higher WRC plus than Nolan Arenado, Anthony Rendon, and Manny Machado since 2014. And again, not slowing down. He finished fourth at the position in WRC plus last season at 36 and his 27 home runs matched a career high as well. He rarely strikes out. He sprays the ball to all fields and remains an elite bat. He's not the defender that he really once was, which drops him a bit on this list, but he's not a hole over there either. And he's going to split time a lot between third base and DH just to keep this bat in the Dodgers lineup. Justin Turner just flat out rakes and he has a career 132 WRC plus in the playoffs in the playoffs. Yeah, no, he, he's so clutch. And I mean, the, the guy's a machine. I do think this is the year that age catches him now. Like I, I don't disagree with the ranking, but I am very concerned that this is the year where age catches up to him. 142 WRC plus in the first half, 105 WRC plus in the second half. And, and again, a reminder for, for those who might be like newer to the show uh, or don't really care about advanced stats, like 5% above average in the second half, 42% above average in the first half. If you like the counting stats or just regular slash line, 305, 391, 498 in the first half, 241, 320, 434 in the second half. I think that really hammers it home the hardest. Could have just been a slump in the second half. A lot of it was low batting average on balls in play. So there's a lot of things going into effect here, but the power didn't really get impacted as much. It was really just the consistency at the plate. I am a little concerned about a 36 year old who tailed off in the second half of the season. I'm just not that concerned because they're going to have the universal DH as well. So they're going to alleviate a lot of that, you know, a lot of that pain, a lot of that age that he might've experienced playing 150 plus games at third base. He's going to play a lot of them at DH just so that 
bat sticks in the lineup. And I think that added rest is definitely going to help him at age 37. I hope so. I hope that, I hope that makes a difference. I definitely do. I just think his, his Mets and Dodgers splits are so funny. <laughs> Four years in New York, <laughs> this guy hit 265 with a 696 OPS. Eight years in LA, he's a 300 hitter with an 880 OPS. He is 200 points better in the OPS department in LA than he was in New York. Dodgers did it again. And they always do it. Max Muncy is another guy on our top 10 second baseman list. Got, got released or waived by Oakland and is now a top three second baseman in the sport. And Justin Turner, still at 36, 37 years old, is still a top 10 player when he was below replacement level with the Mets in his, in his early to mid-20s. I'm starting to blame the New York thing, and I'm starting to like put some stock into people being happier in Southern California and being more able to just focus on their shit. Like New York, I don't think is a fun place to play for many people at all. Uh, It's it's definitely a tough place to play. I think it's fun for some people. Champions. For For champions? Yeah. Yeah, like your Yankees, right? So no one's had fun there for 13 years. So some current New York Yankees. You want me to name players that have had fun playing in New York? You don't think any of them have fun? Since 2010, yes. Well, you saw that Brian Cashman doesn't like it when when you say that because – they were cheated out of their World Series title. Correct. The Astros were cheating. Yeah, and and you guys were inevitably winning that. That's 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 what Brian Cashman said. I loved that quote today. The Athletic deleted it, by the way. I thought that was kind of kind of weird. really. Yeah, they tweeted the the headline and then they deleted it. It was a bad headline, though. I mean, even coming out and said it. No, I know. I'm saying it's a bad headline by Brian Cashman. Oh yeah, they shouldn't have deleted it. That wasn't good. That's called journalistic integrity, folks. Uh, seventh best third baseman in baseball is Yohan Moncada. The 27-year-old Moncada, he entered the league in 2016 with these otherworldly expectations. He was the top prospect in all of baseball. It took him a little bit to get acclimated to big league ball, right? 54 games as a 22-year-old, he was average. As a 23-year-old, he was bad. He had a 97 WRC+. Plus. And he led the league with 217 punch outs his Jeez. second year in the bigs. But then he drops the strikeout rate and he puts together a really good 2019. He hit 315 with a 915 OPS and he pumped out 25 bombs. COVID hit him hard in 2020. He got it right before the season and he just never really recovered. But he kind of regained his form in 2021. He hit 263 with a 122 WRC plus walked nearly as much as anybody and had a four and a half war season. Yohan Moncada has transformed as a baseball player. He was the top prospect in baseball because he was a smooth second baseman with some power, but he swiped like a hundred bags in two years in minor league ball. He'll swipe a few, like he'll be around 10 stolen bases, but he's a doubles machine with a rocket for an arm. And he counters his high whiff rate with this exceptional zone discipline. And when he's on, he's a top 10 third baseman, and you could argue has top five talent. Mm-hmm. I remember when we made this list, like when I originally like made the list through to, to you guys uh, as a rough draft, I had Yohan Mankata a little bit lower. But when I really looked into it, you realize that he's second in war since 2019. Like that, putting that together is incredible because – Yohan Moncada just kind of flies under the radar with the Luis Roberts of the world, the Jose Abreu's, you know, Aloy Jimenez. They just have so many bats. He has Monte Grandal, another bat like that. 
Tim Anderson, another bat. Just so many players like that that he just kind of, because he's not the sexiest option, but he does everything well. I, it, he's pretty hot, dude. Have you seen him? I wasn't talking about his looks. I'm more talking about just like the no, way No, when you talk up. about sex appeal, you got to talk about Yohan Moncada. Well, the, the one thing I'll say too, you, you make a really, really, really good point. And again, to relate it back to what I'm always looking at with prospects is like, I always say with big leaguers too, there, no two strikeout rates are the same because there's so many other factors. And Moncada does two of the things that you want to see like more than anything to offset a high strikeout rate. It's he swings at the highest percentage of pitches in the heart of the zone. He yeah. doesn't chase a lot and he walks a ton. So I don't care about the strikeouts and, and he's kept them pretty in check. Now. I think he's kind of normalized himself at about a 25% K rate is what you can expect, which but if is you're walking, fine. Fine. If you're walking 13 to 14% of the time, here's the thing with Mankata. I think there's more power in the tank too. Oh, I, I think this is a guy that was trying to continue to do what we're just talking about. Offensive consistency. Once you get that confidence and offensive consistency, maybe we see him start to try to dial it up a little bit more and hitters counts. 91st percentile on Max Exavilo. He's a guy that's hitting the ball 114, 115. I think in 2019, hit at 116 miles per hour. I mean, that's the top 2% of the game. Uh, this guy has big pop. I think he's going to continue to get better. Another dude that I think kind of had his development obstructed you know, you're the best prospect in baseball. You don't think you're going to get dealt. Now you get dealt for Chris, for Chris Sale, which is its own pressure. And then you have 2020, which I think would have been his breakout season, kind of interrupted for him. And then it was like this delayed big season that he had last year. I think he can build on this one. And I'm really excited. But again, another guy, Peter, right, where the baseline's high. You talk about the war. The baseline's high. If he, if he doesn't hit that great, he's still going to be a good third baseman, and you're not going to be giving up much at the spot. Here's yeah, he's just thing. so good all around. Like you're not going to be if if you're so right arm. If one thing falls off the table, he's still going to help you in a lot of other ways. Mm -hmm. A guy like Alex Bregman, he can play fine defense, but if the bat falls off a cliff, then like what else is he just really average. giving you? He's just, just average. average. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing about Moncada. Um, you know, you've got guys that you're right, Peter, are like more. They're more appointment television than Yohan Moncada. Luis Robert is appointment TV. Tim Anderson, with what he does on the baseball diamond, is appointment TV. But the approval rating among Shout White Sox Shout out Clay Snowden, by the way. Shout out Clay Snowden for our appointment TV article on JustBaseball.com. Yeah, it was Luis Robert the guy? I think he yeah, was. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, Luis Robert was the guy. But um, no, I mean, like, Yohan Moncada's approval rating among White Sox fans is through the roof. Because, yeah, he's not a top five third baseman in baseball, but there are not many guys you want to have there. And, like, with the contract the Moncada's on, that's a great deal for the White Sox to have through 2025. Last a thing really I'll say. Contract. Before, yeah, it's a great contract. And the last thing I'll say on him before we move on to the next guy, he's a perfect fit for Chicago. Because oh, yeah. that lineup is already so damn good. Again, like if he's just hitting all right, you're still thrilled with all the things that you're getting from him. If he was the Marlins third baseman, for example, I'd be like, I'd be thrilled. Don't get me wrong. But I would be like, ah, if you're going to splash for a guy, I would rather have someone that's putting up big numbers because they need the offense. He's a good bat, but he doesn't need to be great. And I think that that pressure not being on him as much might actually help him continue to break out. Yeah. I'll get into number six. How do you rank a player that was so not long ago was easily top three, but he put up terrible defense and a 7-11 OPS in 2021? 
We aren't particularly worried, but slightly cautious about ranking Anthony Rendon as the sixth best third baseman in the sport. He dealt with dealt with a hip injury all season, which really dampened his ability to move laterally on the infield and generate a lot of power in that swing. Hip injuries are just the worst. We've talked about this, and some players are just never the same after surgery. But Rendon, when asked about how he was feeling this season, says it's night and day how he feels from last season. If we get 90% of what Anthony Rendon was, we're still looking at a fringe top five third baseman next year. And what you get when he's on is an elite bat, great defense, and a championship mentality. I just really hope Anthony Rendon can rebound, and I think he will. Okay, so he's two for 14 in five spring training games so far. Five spring training games, so like not That really matters a lot. And, and Mickey Moniak is raking. So I just want to say, Yoga. if that guy feels night and day, he'd be a lot better than two for 14 because he's so talented. Maybe, but it's such a small sample that we don't know if he like lined out a couple of times because we haven't seen every single at-bat from Rendon. I don't know. What do you think his 2022 is going to look like? I think it's going to look pretty good. Like, are you looking at like a slash line of what I think Rendon will be? Give me an OPS with home run totals. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be in 850 to 870 OPS guy. And I think he's got, I I think he's got 25 bombs in his back. Did you see Anthony Rendon in 2020? Like, we're talking, like, I always want to be clear to make sure that we're applying the same logic across the board. Sometimes it's just going to be guys that we just favor more than others for whatever other reasons. But the, the difference again, between like him and Bregman here, Rendon mashed in 2020 yeah. in, in those 52 games, he was phenomenal. 286, yeah. 418, 497. It's a 153 WRC plus that's right on par with what he had done the previous four seasons. And then last year, very obviously hurt and very obviously trying to play through it. He would miss some games, came back would miss some more games, came back. He stunk. He wasn't striking out more. He wasn't really doing it. He just had no power. Yeah. And even playing hurt was like, okay. <laughs> like it was a 95 WRC plus guy. So I think Rendon still has enough in the tank. He's 32, right? Is he even 32 yet? Did he turn 32 yet? No, he's 31 in nine months. Thank you, Fangrass, for the months and the days. Boom. <laughs> I just, I'm not worried about him just not being able to put it together because again, Rendon's not a guy that was hitting 45 bombs, right? Like this wasn't a guy that was fully predicated on just explosive power. This is a dude that hit doubles, like as well as anybody in the game, three straight seasons of 40 plus doubles, 44 consecutive years back to back. He had 44, 44, and then 11 in the shortened season. Jack, this dude can play. I know you were a little bit more skeptical on him, so I'm going to just go right at you right now. Yeah. Um, no, bring it. You said he was never top three, didn't you? I said it was never a done deal that he was top three. A done deal. I said it was Define never a done deal. In, never inarguably top three. Okay. All right. Well, we would have to go way into the weeds there. Only right. thing I'll say is 319 with 34 bombs. Uh, and 126 driven in for a World Series winning team would probably put him in the top three for me in 2019. Okay, so let's talk about 2022. If he has <laughs> 25 bombs and 100 driven in, and he's got an 870 OPS, where does he climb to on this list without giving names away? 
I think he'll be six. That's why I think he's ranked at six. I think he's going to turn in the sixth best season as a third baseman next year. Not in the top three where he arguably should be, but also not down the list and not nearly what he was last year. That's why I feel like six is like the best spot for him because he's not quite top five, but he also has more potential to be great than any of the guys we've named so far. I'm going to build off of what Peter just said. He doesn't move up. He just earns the ability to hold his spot because it's going to be hard. There's a lot of guys gunning for his spot. There's a lot of guys gunning for just baseball's number six spot at the third base position. It's all all they're motivated about. It's an incentive in some of these guys' contracts if you make it on number six. But no, seriously, like like this is a spot that is going to be so hard to keep. The guys above him are young and not going anywhere. Uh, The guys behind him, there's some older guys, but we talked about how there's a bunch of dudes ready to come up and snag that spot. Brian Hayes being one of them, some of the other guys could also. I just think that helps him keep six. Okay, so 9-10 OPS, 34 bombs, 100 driven in. Where is he on this list? With better defense than the two guys in front of him right now. Like way better defense. See, the problem is the guys in front of him are probably going to still beat that offensively. Mm-hmm. I it's just hard. Think, I think he's going to have to go nuclear to, to get into this top. That shows you how freaking good the top of this list is it's insane i don't know i kind of i don't disagree with you guys but you don't think if he puts up that type of offensive season with his really good glove that he couldn't he couldn't jump this list because the guy we're about to talk about has only done it for one season the guy above him is just the worst he glove. stands there yeah and then and then there's a couple of guys who are, who are just aging a little bit so I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could be top five by the end of next year, but I think six is where he'll end up. We'll see. We'll talk about five right now. And it's Austin Riley. We were waiting for a little bit for Austin Riley. The yo-yoing early goings of Austin Riley might've frustrated some Braves fans for sure. He was a former prized prospect. He debuted for 80 games in 2019. He had an 85 WRC plus and a 36% strikeout rate. He was bad, bad in 2020. He cut the K rate, but he hit 240 with a 715 OPS and was literally a replacement level guy, 0.0 war. Then came 2021. Riley broke out in the biggest way of anybody, a 135 WRC plus, a war north of four. He slashed 303, 361, 531 with 33 homers and 107 driven in. He got his first silver slugger. He finished seventh at MVP voting and he won a World Series title. The defense isn't good, but it isn't Rafi Devers bad. The bat, however, is stupidly ridiculous. He's not just one of the best hitters among third basemen. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. It's funny. The defensive metrics couldn't really figure him out because he had 13 defensive runs saved as a third baseman. That led the position more than Matt Chapman, more than Cabrian Hayes, more than Jose Ramirez, more than anybody. But then you look at outs above average and he ranks in the seventh percentile of it. He broke the system last year in terms of defense. Like nobody could really figure him out. When you watch Austin Riley, I don't think it's Rafael Devers bad. I think it's around average. I would say even a little bit above average. I would say that that's where that's where I peg him as. You know, it's weird. You know, it's weird too. I, so DRS for me is is the go-to infield stat. Yeah. But in 2020, he was negative 10 defensive yeah. runs safe. <laughs> I don't know what happened here. I don't know if it was shifting. Like the, this is where. This is an example of where it is just impossible to figure out what Riley is defensively. What I'll say though, is he's, 
not as bad as the guy coming up next. And also um, there's no way around it. He improved defensively that you could see just from watching with your own two eyes, right? Like he moves better. He, his actions are better. He's I I watched, you know, him play the Marlins so many times and he was getting the balls that I I just had not seen him get to get to before. There's like a level of confidence that he had, uh, which I I think a lot of it was just that he's never going to be the quickest moving dude in the world, but he's more athletic than I think people think. And, and I think we're starting to see him have that athleticism translate to third. I think he can be an above average defender. He's just not so is yet. it fair to say that he's not a liability there, but he absolutely like, not a liability. The standard though, I don't think he can meet the standard of being a good defensive third baseman. Just because there's so many good defenders there now. I, I think he's not a liability though. And with his bat, that is more than enough. And I think it's funny to differentiate between the two because he can be a good defender without being one of the better defensive third basemen because a lot of the better defensive third basemen are the best in the sport. So he can still be a solid defender without being ranked in like a top 10 third base and just defense. Yeah. And and we're talking about the bat for a second, like why I believe so much in Austin Riley. And I think he has an outside shot to an MVP because on Monday, you're going to hear our episode where we're giving out MVPs, Cy Young's rookie of the year, our full betting preview. That'll be on Monday, but back to Austin Riley for a second, nothing about his batted ball profile. What I saw on the field makes me think that this one season was any sort of a fluke. He hit no. 290 off fastballs. He hit 341 off changeups and 307 off breaking pitches yeah how do you put how do you attack him how do you attack him and then he, it's not like he hits the ball on the ground either so i don't think the power is going to subside he had a 38 percent ground ball rate just hit so many line drives 28 percent, 25 percent fly ball rate as well like there's no holes in his swing either it's short it's compact to the ball it's not the super like super launch angle, big old swing like Cody Bellinger that could have holes that you could poke in maybe the season after like they did. But with with Riley, I don't really see holes in his offensive game at all that makes me think, all right, this first season was a fluke at all. Do you guys? No, he's your classic, like he's going to swing and miss, but his quality of contact is so high that it doesn't matter and he hits everything. You know, he was a guy that struggled with the secondaries for a while really simplified things at the plate still puts up crazy exit velos barrels everything and what i love you talk about how he's difficult to game plan for peter like he got better as the year went on so as the league should have been adjusting to him and that's usually where you see guys break out first half and then they hit a wall in the second half he upped his ops by about 150 points so he was a 333 hitter in the second half like this guy was hitting for average Austin Riley was hitting for average I'm a believer in what we're seeing here I I I know that there's a chance he'll get blown up by fastballs here and there but I see a pretty consistent guy that is very tough to game plan for and to scout have a scouting report for I I just want to say that like the similarities between these two players start and stop in the box but the similarities in the box between Austin Riley and Mookie Betts for me are very close. Like they are just pure hitters. They do everything really, really well. And Riley has a little bit more swing and miss, obviously a little bit more pure power, but I think Mookie Betts and Austin Riley are two of the best natural hitters in baseball. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) I'm not saying it's wrong. No, arms looking like it's wrong. I just, 
they they're just their profiles are so much different like even the way they look like Austin Riley's 6'3 240 and Mookie Betts is like 5'9 170 that's it's why just, I said the similarities stop and start with the approach and just the so natural the natural ability to hit I think here's I get my what you're pushback saying. Mookie Betts is the best bat to ball guy I think we've ever seen um Mookie Betts wrote. like in terms of bat to ball <laughs> paired with power like oh, yeah maybe we don't see that like zone contact for Dodo is pretty good Austin Riley's 79%. Zone contact for Mookie Betts is around 92%. Maybe Jack, he might have learned a lot from his teammate across the diamond, who's now on the Dodgers. Like Freddie Freeman That's feels like guy. more of the pure hitter type bat because Freddie Freeman's a guy who can hit you between 310 with 30 bombs. That's like exactly what Austin Riley did. It definitely helped. Like that's how that's what Freddie does. Like that's why Freddie is number one because I guarantee you Freddie Freeman and oh, Austin we Riley were in the dugout talking about hitting. And I bet if you asked Austin Riley, like what is – Oh, what are some of the things that helped you become the hitter that you are? I bet of the top five things that he's mentioning, it might be Freddie Freeman. I'm I'm crediting Vlad Guerrero Jr. for Matt Chapman's turnaround this year, Bo Bichette's breakout. Um, I'm gonna credit. Don't forget about Santiago Espinal. I just saw him in a home run this spring. Dirty defender too. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's like I'm crediting kind of... Freddie Freeman with everything about Austin Riley, just taking it and spitting it, throwing it in the garbage, and making it a bad point. What I'm saying is that it's definitely a reason, and there was a reason definitely? that the GM is crying after he left. Like he has, of course, had a crazy impact on the Atlanta Braves, and I think Riley was one of the impacts that he had. Yeah, I heard Rafi Devers is learning a lot about his approach from Bobby Dalback right now. Our fourth best first our our fourth best third baseman has been in the league since 2017. Yet he's only 25 years old. Rafael Devers of the Red Sox has not only been one of the best bats at the position, but in the entire league. Here's all the stats he finished top three in 2021 at third base: home runs, RBIs, WRC plus, batting average, slugging, doubles, hits, runs, woba, x woba. I think I just listed every hitting stat except on base percentage, which he finished seventh at the position. But the defense is the problem, and that's what keeps him out of the top three. He rated as the worst overall defender at the position. I'm not saying he's absolutely the worst, but he sure isn't good at the hot corner. Nonetheless, he's been such a good hitter now for so long. And instead of regressing at the plate a little bit, I actually think the best is yet to come for Rafael Devers. Well, I mean, I don't disagree. I'm just so curious what the best looks like because he already is so good offensively. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch this guy hit. Uh, his bat speed is unteachable. The, the other crazy thing about Rafael Devers is not even 26 yet like he's very 25 he's closer to 25 than he is 26 uh the strikeout rate was phenomenal last year he walked more than he ever did like i he is such a masher can i can i answer your question why you don't think he can get better wait i I didn't i didn't say wait what do you mean you said you don't know how he can get even better. I no, I was just like, I don't know like, what it looks like. What, yeah. what does that look like? 
I think he's got 40 plus home run power. Like his expected slugging was 570 compared to his regular slugging. He's another guy that crushes fastballs, crushes breaking balls and crushes off speed. And he puts a lot of his balls in the air as well, but he had a 42% ground ball rate last year. If he lowers that to 40, gets a little bit more lift on the ball. Like he's got all the pop in the world. I mean, we saw 113 RBIs like in this Red Sox now offense. Now you put Trevor story in that lineup as well. I think he'd have 120 RBIs with 40 home runs. And I think 280 is perfectly fine considering his expected batting average last year was 291. Like he's still got more of the tank or at least the expected stats think he does. He's and when you bitch. watch him, you're he's only 25 too. I think about age. I just think about more time in the league, more time adjusting to pitchers. Like now, you can't throw him breaking balls. You can't throw him fastballs. You can't throw him change-ups. How do you get him out? You got to try and tie him up. That's it. Like they're trying to bust him in Peters, but he's so quick. He's so I, quick. I, the Babip, you know, 340 Babip guy uh, in 2019, 325 Babip guy in 2020, 307. Babip guy in 2021. So uh, there, there seemed to have been some bad batted ball luck there. And even if you see the average tick up 10 points and he hits four more home runs, I mean, that's an MVP stat line. Uh, the the defense, it would be interesting to see how much the defense is weighed in in an MVP consideration at that point, because offensively it would be an MVP stat line. I just think it's funny that so many people bag on Salvi Perez so much for his bad defensive metrics, but we just really never hear that about Rafael Devers. And I know, of course, we hear it all the time. I don't think we hear it as much as Salvador Perez. Maybe we hear it all the time, but I don't think around the league the because Salvi Perez, I feel like just gets bagged on and bagged on and bagged on while people just look at Devers and they're just like, and we'll forget defense a little bit, but we all know it's bad, but we'll forget it. What Salvi wasn't 50 homers before this year. 48 though, last year. No, that's what I'm saying. Before 2021, Salvador Perez was not like 50 homers. I think people were taking the defense to try and invalidate that type of season, but I almost feel like nobody's taking Devers invalidating his offensive season. No, like as a ranked player. This guy's ceiling actually looks like. 310 while leading the league in extra base hits by a very wide margin. Correct. I don't think his, and maybe this is a really hot take, but I don't think his overall slash line next year is going to be that far off of Vladdy's. Yeah. Yeah. I said it. Uh, I think I'm a Yankee fan too. Like I, I watch him and I say, that's one of the best hitters I've seen when I'm watching the Red Sox every single year. I, ever since Devers took Chapman 103 up in the zone, Oppo Taco, for the win when he was 21, 22 years old, I have just been like, I will buy into the bat and I don't even care that much about I mean, the he has 50 points to make up or, or so in the on-base category. That's true. a lot. That's a lot. It is a lot. I th- and I don't think it's going to be the same. I just don't think it's going to be that far off. Like, I think maybe 20, 30 points in OBP. I think the batting average, 20, 30 points there. I think the slugging. It's a pretty big margin. Not that far off, though. Like, if he hits 290 with 42 jacks and Vladdy hits 300 with 44 jacks, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I love the on-base skills for Vladdy. That's what really. Yeah. I mean, Vladdy's better, but I'm just saying. To open 2022, though, he's not a top three third baseman because Nolan Arenado occupies the third spot. 
Arenado has played nine years of Major League Baseball, and he has nine gold gloves. You want to talk about number two now? <laughs> I mean, Arenado, like, here's the thing about him. He's got five platinum gloves. He's got four silver sluggers. He's got six all-star appearances. And for his career, his 162-game average, 35 homers, 113 RBIs, with a 290 clip and an 880 OPS. Okay, Coors. The OPS number ticked down his first year in St. Louis. Last year, he had 255 with the lowest OBP he's had since his rookie year. But 34 homers and 105 driven in, a 113 WRC plus and a four-war season. If that causes you to jump off the Nolan Arenado train, I cannot help you. I think a lot of people are going to be saying, you know, how could you have Arenado ahead of Devers, especially after what we just said, right? like he's going to put up these crazy numbers next year. I, I, I think he's going to put up pretty similar numbers to last year, a little bit better on the Arenado side. I, I think Arenado is going to get on base at a better clip, but here's the thing is, is 34 home runs away from course. So that we know that the power is not impacted, What we need to see now is, can he split the gaps the same way? Are these balls going to fall the same way? Uh, is he going to be able to just have that hit tool that he used to have. I mean, this is a guy that's, what, a 288 career hitter? Uh, 255 is a wide margin below that, and not to mention that's including the 255 dropping it down. He's probably 290-something going into last year. 34 home runs, 105 driven in with uh, the best defense. You know, we, we talk about gold glove every single year. He's going to be in the same conversation as Brooks Robinson, and that's it at third base. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty freaking insane. That, to me, earns – another year to, to try to get back to those course numbers, but like Devers is on his heels. I mean, Nolan Arenado puts almost 70% of his balls in the air. Like that just projects for overall good luck in terms of the home runs, in terms of the doubles. And he's only 30 years old. So I think that your mind goes to the fact that, Oh, Nolan Arenado must be 33, 34 years old. Like Paul Goldschmidt is 33, 30, 40 years old. Doesn't just seem older that he's going to be on the decline, but I actually think that he could have a rebound season be even better next year, offensively at the plate with one more year now to adjust to a different ballpark and be better the next year. But I will say, I kind of think it's three a and three B here with Nolan Arenado and Rafael Devers, I think it's razor thin. And I think Nolan Arenado just slightly gets gets the edge because of how incredible the defense is and just the pedigree of Nolan Arenado. You know what you're going to get at the end of the day. Not saying you don't know what you're going to get with Devers, but I'm just saying there have been very few more consistent players year in and year out than Nolan Arenado. Player A is a top five hitter in Major League Baseball, but the worst defender in Major League Baseball. Player B is arguably a top 20 hitter in Major League Baseball and a top two defender in Major League Baseball. Who do you want? I think calling Devers the worst defender in baseball is a little bit far, but I understand what you're saying. He's not the, the worst. five. Def- yeah. Bottom five without question. And you can even loosen Arenado to top 30 hitter, top 35 hitter. I, okay. I still would rather have that guy. I'd rather know, have like that guy too. That's what it boils down to. But again, like if, if I think Devers is going to move positions personally, uh, eventually, but if he somehow is able to develop into a semi-decent defender, which I don't think happens, but the offense ticks up, like he's going to be on Arenado's heels, but I just don't think Arenado is going to ever be worse. Not ever, but I don't think he's going to be worse offensively than he was last year. 
for another four years. And we're saying, I don't think he'll be worse offensively than he was last year when he had 34 bombs and a 113 WRC plus. Yes, correct. Okay. Good news. Next. Our second best third baseman has zero holes. He has everything. The second best third baseman has everything in the game that you could need. And that's Manny Machado of the San Diego Padres. Is Manny Machado the most underrated player in baseball these days? He's one of the best defensive third baseman of all time, and he's even a solid shortstop when he feels like it. He's got a laser beam from third, and if he made a top 10 plays of the decade, he'd probably have a few of them. He hit at least 32 home runs in five straight seasons, and in 2021, he hit 28 home runs with 12 steals. He's also never struck out more than 20% in his entire career. I just think that's incredible. And he's still just 29 years old and has racked up 40.4 F war. His thirties are going to be really fun as he makes his hall of fame case. I love the hall of fame tidbit there. Cause I mean, look, I, I, I never like to put the cart before the horse, but he's well on his way. You know, obviously if his career just tapered off tomorrow, he's not in, but, it won't. Uh, but, Assuming that he just continues to play at a pretty high level, he is very well going to be a Hall of Famer, and that's pretty freaking awesome. Already 1,400 hits in his career, already 250 home runs, and as Peter said, not even 30 yet. In fact, he's still 29. So I really, really love Manny Machado. He's been one of my favorite players to watch for a long time. He's a South Florida guy. You know, I've heard a lot of legends about him down here. And my uncle coached against him a bunch. Uh, Nestor Cortez pitched against him. You know, like there, there was a lot of guys that like this, this was a dude that when he was coming up down here, it was just like everybody knew who he was. A-Rod was in that department. Honestly, Eric Hosmer was kind of in that department as well down here. And um, it's just cool to see those guys that are those like fabled legends turn into exactly what you thought they were going to be. And, and Manny Machado is just that. It's funny. You'd expect a 40 home run season at some point. Baltimore, before they moved it in this year, has always been pretty deep out to, out to left field. San Diego is, is interesting. I think it's a pretty normal ballpark. He hits the ball as hard as anybody in the game. Like he's top five or six players in terms of max exit velo. I'm Dude. waiting for that 40 home run season. And I think it could be coming this year. You're talking about hard hit rate. He hit a ball 119.6 miles per hour last year. That was second in all of baseball, more than Aaron judge, more than Shohei Otani, Pete Alonso, Jorge Soler, Nelson Cruz, Vladdy didn't matter. He hit a harder ball last season than they did. And he like never he hit one that hard in his career. So if yeah. you're worried about like, oh, he's getting to 30, not saying anybody would say that, but like he could still hit his peak offensive season. Like that could still happen. And I think it will happen. All the advanced stats and the, the expected stats point to him even being better. Jack, you shake your head whenever I talk about X stats. I, I know you hate them, but they're a decent predictor of if they have more in the tank. I don't know. You've done it for every guy. Because it's good to go over everything. What, you don't want to evaluate these guys? This is what we do. Should we just do it less? No, it's okay. I think um, we should. No, no. I think instead. instead. And I'm, not, I'm not going through X slash. I'm just saying the expected stats point to more in the tank. He's got the expected slugging is better. I, I'm not even listing what the numbers are. In his defense, he used it the other way on Ryan McMahon. Said Ryan True. McMahon outperforms, outperforms the expected stats. True. Good call. Um, yeah. What I, I love you, about Manny Machado, too, is his ability to transcend baseball with his political thoughts on T-shirts. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Oh, no. Okay. If. if <laughs> If we're going to do this, Jack, you got to pull the politics card now. Yeah. 
I'm, no. I'm the one talking about X-Hacks. No, You're like, you know what? Instead of stop talking about cool baseball stats, let's mention the politics of Manny Machado. Let's do I don't it. want to do that at all. I don't care what his politics okay, are. Okay, so how about we go to something else? And anecdotally, that play that he made in Baltimore where he kicked the ball into foul ground and then threw Oops. it cross diamond to get oh. – was that a Yankee out? Uh, was that a – it was someone slow. I think it was Kevin Euclid of the Yankees. Is it Yankees, Kevin Euclid? It might have been Yankees. Kevin Euclid's oh. Yankees. That's hilarious. But that, that is one of my favorite plays. That was a, that was a vine play. You know, yeah, like when, that was totally I would a see vine that play. six second clip on vine with like some like sick music over it as he just slow motion throws it. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the picture of, of Manny Machado wearing a let's go Brandon shirt is absolutely absurd, but you know what? Uh, he hits the ball really hard and that's all we talk about. Uh, but yeah, if if you're gonna if you're gonna shit on my boy Pete for for X stats, I'm gonna shit on you for bringing up anything to do with off the baseball field because because that that's that's the Jack McMullen mo a little bit. Perfect. You just uh, you brought up a, a great Dane defecating the other day too. So we th- we are a pro shit podcast. So I can shit on Peter, you can shit on me, and we can talk about great Danes shitting on the street. I feel like something that went under the radar at all of this is that Manny Machado stole twelve bases last year. Yeah, it's got some speed. That's actually that's it's pretty good. It's pretty sick. He does everything awesome. really well. He just does um, everything really well. That's but you know, wh- why? Why do we think you know? Like, jokes aside, and like actually like zeroing back in here, why do we think he has not produced that that thirty seven to forty home run season yet? You know, like I don't know if he I don't know if he's trying to. And so the first player that ever really exposed me to, to this kind of thing was Miguel Cabrera. Cause I watched him earlier in, in the earlier going of his career, hit more home runs. And then I remember asking my dad, like, why is Miggy hitting three thirty but only has 20 home runs. My dad's like, he wants to just put up, he wants to win a batting title, you know? And yeah. like, I'm not saying that Machado's not trying to hit bombs, but I think Machado's approach is more oriented to just like hit the ball hard a lot. Uh, and I don't think he wants to shake that up. But if he can find that balance, if he can find a little bit more lift, he hits the ball so hard. He could he could actually if be. If he did the Joey know, Votto approach, hitting 275 maybe. I know he hit 278 last year. Um, that was one of – I. it was his real first full season in San Diego, so I'm going to give him a slight break. And, Jack, the expected batting average is much better, so suck it. I – I agree with you, Armit, because he could easily go 275 with 35 bombs, but instead he's probably going to be 295 to 300 with 25 to 30 bombs. Which is still great. And still just, really good and one of the best defenders at, at the position. I, I There's one home run, the last thing I'll say on him, there's one home run that always stands out to me. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to actually put this clip up on our, one of our social media accounts. It was 118. I think it was the 119.6, actually. Unbelievable. The home run. It's, it's a straight line. And to the first row of the seats – and there, thank God there's nobody there. If I think it hits the seats and kicks up like 30 feet. And it was just like, holy, that was a line drive double that just didn't stop going. Like that's what his home runs are. He's a line drive hitter that hits home runs. Um, that's what and, Stanton and, was doing his MVP year in Miami. Yeah. 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 He was just, and I mean like his average exit velo last year though, 93 miles per hour. That was up three miles per hour from last year and two miles per hour from his career average. And it's five miles per hour higher than the league average. So he, again, hitting the ball harder than he ever was. I'm expecting him to translate that into a few more home runs. I really am. 
Let's see. And also, could, before we move on to number one, can I just address my underrated comment that I called him the most underrated player? Maybe not the most underrated player. I actually think Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays is the most underrated player in baseball. But the reason why I called Manny Machado that is I feel like all the fights that Machado has gotten in, then he signs the enormous contract. And then in 2020, he wasn't that great even. I mean, he was still good. What was he in 2020? He was good, but he, he wasn't he wasn't 300 million good. Yeah, he wasn't 300. I mean, he was still kind of amazing, actually. So, but he never really, I guess, lived up. He had a 950 OPS in 2020. That's what I was saying. No, no. Really so good. we're but, talking 2019 is the year where the first year of the contract, he wasn't 300 million good. And people were like, ah, I'm out. Yeah. Getting my ears twisted. Exactly. 2019 was that first year. And yeah, he, he just, and then he got in the fights with Tatis. Like there was just a lot of that kind of stuff. But I really do think that, of course, next year, I think all signs point to a really great offensive year and we know that even if it's not the best offense another guy we can rely on to just lock down the hot corner oh yeah okay so in 2021 jose ramirez led all qualified third baseman in wrc plus he had a 137 wrc plus he's one and a half wins above replacement better than the next best third baseman he had the lowest strikeout rate of all qualified third baseman. He had the same slugging percentage as Rafi Devers. He had a top five OBP among third basemen. His 36 homers were the second most, only behind Devers. And he was one of seven third basemen with an average exit velo on batted balls north of 90 miles an hour. That's why he's the best third baseman in baseball. Defensively, he's sneaky phenomenal. Outs yeah. above average among third basemen. Matt Chapman... Brian Hayes, Ryan McMahon, Nolan Arenado, Jose Ramirez. He's the most consistent third baseman in baseball. Since his age 24 season five years ago, he's got three top three MVP finishes. Last year, he finished sixth. He's a three-time All-Star, a three-time Silver Slugger winner. He's got a career 855 OPS, and he's coming off of 36 homers and 103 RBIs. Yes, please. He's the king. Jack. If you had to poke one hole in his slash line, what would it be? I can't. Pick one in his slash line. Um, Jose Ramirez is a career. No, no, no. In, in this past year. This past year, he was 266, 355, 538. You might say the batting average, right? I guess 266 is not the best. Sure. 284 expected batting average. There we go. I knew I knew he was setting up for that. He had like the bait just there. I just saw him dangling in. I, like, I want to start using expected stats more now that Jack doesn't like them because what it does, like it, it, it evaluates the batted ball profile of the ball too. So it kind of takes all that, all the, um, all the defense out of it. 278 career hitter though. So, you know, I think that, that's a guy that's generally going to hit in the 275 range. Um, power is legit. I think the thing that people don't realize about him is that he swipes bags, 154 career swipes, 27 last year. And like he's not showing any signs of, of phasing that out of his game as it phases out of the game of baseball a little bit. He was 27 uh, for 31. He was. Yeah. That's efficient. the thing too, is it's efficiency. You know, he's not getting thrown out that much. 36 home runs is stupid. And another dude that broke his hamate bone. And that's why he was a bit down between 2019 and 20. I don't remember exactly when the broken handmate was, but that sapped him a little bit power wise. And again, a guy that's super handsy with a swing. And I remember people even being like, what's wrong with Jose Ramirez, whatever. He's fine. And he's the best third baseman in baseball. And he does everything well. And maybe 
almost most things exceptionally well. I'm waiting for him to just, I'm, I'm waiting for that MVP award. That, that, that's, that's the last kind of like missing piece. I can't wait for him to, to bring that one home because he doesn't have one yet, right? He doesn't have one yet. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. The only, uh, even on the base pass, like I think he's a really underrated base runner too. He's 27 for 31 at stolen bases. And you look at that stat on Fangraphs term BSR. He's one of the tops in that one too. He's just all around. And I think the only question is, I don't think he's a top five player in the game overall, because now with Otani and of course, Trout and Soto and Acuna and Tatis, like he's just not there, but he's in the top 10, like with the judges and the Harpers of the world. And who else are we missing there in the top 10? I'm taking him over, over, over those guys, I think. Yeah, maybe. But it's close. Like, that's the conversation that he's in. That's how good of a player Jose Ramirez is. And he just doesn't get a ton of love because he plays in Cleveland. But he's just, he's, I mean, he's also a great fantasy baseball option. Like, easily a top three, top four pick. And he's on my fantasy team. Congratulations. 174, 174, 435 slash line this spring. Oh, you worried? He's done. We should drop him. Toast. Peter, I'll, I'll send you a proposal for Jose Ramirez after the episode. He's washed. I'll take him off your hands. Two for 14 in spring training, washed. Uh, four for 23, I'll take him off your hands. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Peter, <laughs> do our little wrap-up thing, man. Check out the merch. It's in the episode link description. Get your Just Baseball merch. I'm rocking my Not Gambling Advice tee. On Monday, we are going to wrap. Oh, we're not wrapping up with the offseason because we still have a couple more days until opening day. But we're going to give you guys our Cy Young, our MVP, our Rookie of the Year pick, um, as well as some over-under on team totals and a World Series champion that's next week. And, of course, we're going to continue to rank the rest. So we have shortstops next week, outfielders and pitchers. And we'll probably end up doing relievers as well. We just have a lot of content that we have to get through before the end of the season. So just baseball is going to be humming. Get, keep updated on our Instagram as well at just baseball fans. We're doing a giveaway partnering with intense. We're giving away a gaming desk. We just want to thank you guys all. Um, we're giving away a desk on our Instagram. All you got to do is follow the link in, in our bio. We'll put the link in there to enter into the contest to win the gaming desk, which I will announce on April 5th live on our Twitch stream at just baseball fans. All the information will be in the description. If you didn't hear all this, or you didn't even make it to the episode and you want to keep, keep clicking. So just want to thank you guys for listening, especially those on YouTube and on Spotify and Apple Pods. And if you could give us a five-star review on Apple Pods and Spotify, we'd genuinely appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, click that subscribe button, click the like button, and comment where you think we messed up in our top 10 third base rankings. Anything else, Jack? I don't think so. With that, thank you, everybody. As the new year unfolds, make it a year of comfort and indulgence with Minky Couture. Wrap yourself in the lap of luxury with our exquisite blankets. Picture the cozy moments, the warmth of our premium materials, and the stylish designs that define Minky Couture. Welcome the new year with the ultimate in comfort and sophistication. January is your month to embrace luxury. Visit MinkyCouture.com or your nearest store today. Elevate your comfort, elevate your style with Minky Couture.